Hey, business building warrior, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. It's always a pleasure to join you for a few moments on these episodes, or sometimes I'm the host, sometimes I'm not. This is one of those episodes where I'm going to turn it over to a couple of great hosts on our team, Brian and Robin Joy Olson, in just a moment. They're going to talk about the topic of burning the boats. What's that mean? Well, for this discussion, it means, hey, I've got some Amazon inventory that didn't move the way I was thinking it should or that it might. What do I do with it? They kick around some great ideas. And as I was listening to this episode before you had a chance to hear it, I made a few mental notes and wrote down a couple things that I want to share that I think enhance the message that they had today. One of those is, uh, man, Brian and Robin Joy did a tremendous episode back. If you scroll back, go to silentgym.com, scroll back in time. Uh, to the podcast, go to the podcast link and look for episode 612. You're going to want to go back and listen to that episode because they spend a little bit of time on it today, but it was a brilliant episode where they talk about their three-step process that they go through when they're making decisions about what inventory to test as a replan on Amazon. If you don't know what a replan is, hey, you've heard us maybe talk about it many times in the past, they've been around a while, but that's the basic Amazon selling strategy that we teach to all of our new students. You can hear hundreds of great success story interviews on this podcast of people who have gone through our replens training in the Proven Amazon course and built beautiful businesses. Well, what decisions do Brian and Robin Joy teach to their coaching students as they're trying to decide what inventory am I going to put my money into? Well, they have a great three-step check they talk about in episode 612 of this podcast. Go back and check it out. Uh, the other thing that they talk about, like I mentioned a little bit, is, hey, I, I've got some inventory that I probably shouldn't have bought. I got a little aggressive. I bought a little too many. The price has kind of dropped. I got too much of it now. What do I do? They give you some strategies. Well, this is an, actually an opportunity for me to point out there is a service that launched out of our community, one of the great prep centers. You can go to prepcenternetwork.com and get a free list of all the prep centers that we're aware of. We don't necessarily endorse anyone on that list, but this is just a list of those who are providing the service of receiving your inventory, labeling it for you, sending it into Amazon. Well, one of them, and possibly more in the future, but right now, one of them prominently is able to receive your returns for you. Let's say you have to pull a bunch of inventory back from Amazon for some reason. Hey, you overbought or the customer isn't happy for one reason or another. You can send it to these guys. They'll put it up for sale on eBay for you on your eBay account. You get paid, right? Cool idea. So this inventory never has to be seen or touched again once you've put it into your account. Now, you don't want to rely on that because the fees add up if you're buying a bunch of bad inventory, obviously. But it's a great way to avoid getting that death pile stacking up in your house. If you're interested in that, go to silentgym.com slash returns. That's where you can see details on the service that's popped up that receives your Amazon returns and lists them for you on eBay for a fee, of course. That's silentgym.com slash returns, plural, S on the end. Brian and Robin Joy didn't mention that today, so I thought I'd throw that in there. So before we get into their content, one last announcement, maybe let's make it two quick ones, okay? You can appreciate both of these, I believe. One of them is a brand new course that's recently launched. The podcast episode is going to be real close to this one where we really dive deep into this topic. But get over to provenbrandedbundles.com, provenbrandedbundles.com. That course is now launched. That is instruction. The podcast episode will, will tell you all about it, and you can go start trying to do it on your own if you'd like. But we've got a course that really breaks down the steps and the strategies that we have students using these strategies 
to sell multiple six figures per month of ASINs or listings on Amazon that belong only to them selling common recognized branded items under their own branded bundle. Now we've had a course for a while now that teaches brand building, but now we're going super deep into how to apply some of that to bundles. It's a beautiful opportunity. Get over to provenbrandedbundles.com. The price is ridiculously, insanely low since this is the first time we're offering this content in this course. We really want you to come join us. It's going to be a nice big group in Facebook live training sessions recorded, of course. All the details are there. Come be a part of that with us. Want to make sure you found out about that today if you happen to miss it on the other podcast episode where it was mentioned. Last thing is if you're, again, new around here, we're going to talk about Keepa quite a bit on today's podcast episode. What's Keepa, Jim? Keepa, K-E-E-P-A. It is a $20 a month tool that is kind of the foundational lifeblood tool of this community when it comes to making good inventory decisions. Podcast episode 369. That's been a long time ago. But we could record that episode today and it would be just as relevant for you as if that you were listening to it, the one that was recorded back in episode 369, 100% relevant. Why keep it? What does it do? Well, we're not going to spend a lot of time describing what it does today and why it's so important, but go listen to that episode, please. It will really help clarify things. I think that's it. Enough of me for today. Brian and Robin Joy did such an excellent job with burn the boats, how to handle some of that old inventory, how to make better decisions, and how to correct when you've made some bad inventory decisions It's a great time today. Hopefully you pick up some great new tips and strategies. Love hanging out with you for a few minutes today, but let's jump over and spend some time with Brian and Robin Joy. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. We are your co-hosts. I'm Brian. And I'm Robin Joy. And this is Coach's Corner. Great yeah. story today. Great story today. We were we were in a passionate conversation last night. We were. And you want to just kind of retrace your steps on that? Because I think this is super valuable. Let's see if we can get back there because okay. that was a really good conversation. And we want to share with you guys. So what happens is sometimes we get new clients that want to coach with us. And where we start working with them. Sometimes these clients have already got a business and they've already been working on building their replants list and they've they've already got some things that they've sent in, but they're kind of stagnant and they need, you know, some help to get kickstarted again. Maybe they've taken a vacation and been off for a while or uh, whatever. Anyway, they need some some help to get started again. So what often that we do with them is to show them a different way to look at things, which is, as you've heard, the three-step check. We like, we've mm-hmm. seen a lot of success with the three-step check yep. lately, right? Yeah. So what does that look like? So the three-step check is like one of my favorite things because it's <laughs> black and white yeah. and it provides the least amount of risk with the most of, uh, maybe not the most amount of upside, but in a capital protection situation. So we're ensuring yeah. that we have efficient um, sales, sufficient sales velocity. Right. Mm-hmm. We're ensuring that we've got capital protection. So right, we want to have evidence that we're going to get our money, our back, money back, even if it doesn't work out. Right. And that there's no su- guarantees. <laughs> there's sufficient upside for profit. Yes. Right. So mm-hmm. whether that whatever that number is, twenty percent, thirty percent, fifty percent. Yeah, the number right? that you're looking for. The number that you're looking for. So you if all see those, some evidence that you can price it at that, and it's been priced there before. Right. If all those three things are true, mm-hmm. then we say that looks like a test for the ASIN. Right. 
Right. That looks like a test worthy ASIN. Don't know if it's going to pass test or not. Don't know if it's going to be a profitable test until we test it. Mm-hmm. And when we have a four week test that we take them through, which is a specific way to test that ASIN to get in and out within 30 to 45 days, make your decision whether you're going to replenish it or not. Okay. So that being said, that's often what will start people with when they need a kind of a jump start or a new way to look at things. So we get them started, we send them home and say, Try this three-step check on a list of ASINs, see what comes up, and we'll talk about some more next week. Mm-hmm. Because when we're coaching, it's usually about a week apart in the beginning. Yeah, We only have an hour, so we can only cover so much, right? right? So they come back the second week. They have a whole bunch of questions. We answer those questions and, and deal with this. And this happens a lot. Okay, something generally like this. Well, so yeah, so just to maybe fill in a little bit of the blanks here. Okay. Usually what happens in that next week is they come back and say, wow, I looked through 300 ASINs and I only found a handful. Yeah. Right? And we're like, yeah, that's yeah. about right. You were looking for five uh-huh. and that's about a handful. Right. So let yourself off the hook. Good right? job. You did great. So you've never done this before or you, yeah. you're not, not in this you're particular method, this strategy. This yet. Right? You're not yes. good at it. It takes a long time. It's like if the first time you were going to rebuild the engine of a car, if Mm -hmm. that was the thing, it would take you way longer the first time than it would the 20th time. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. because you have to examine every little... Every little item, make sure it fits in that slot and there's not another one that should be. Mm-hmm. This is this is what you go through. It's normal. And I also mentioned at this point that if these tests were the ASINs, we're laying out in the street and we could go <laughs> sweep up a bunch of them in, in the next 10 minutes, mm-hmm. then what people worry about that this is saturated, it probably would be saturated yeah. because that is way too easy. It's right. not quite that easy. It's not overnight. It will get a lot easier. Mm-hmm. If you are consistent, what is one of the main keys to success, Brian? Consistency. Consistency. If you are consistent, it will get easier. Anyway, so we go through that meeting. Then the next meeting, they usually come back often, not always, but generally we see this quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, I've got this old inventory from the way I was looking at it before. And it's not going away. You know, I made some sales. I did some things, but I've got this leftover inventory. What do I do with that? And we've talked about exit strategies before. There are many exit strategies, and we talk about some of those. But what's fun to do at that time is go and look at that inventory. Go see what's going on with that. Why isn't it moving? Can we identify anything? Since we've learned some things now, can we identify anything that would make us know whether to buy that again or not? We go and we just apply the three-step check to it. And guess what? Often they will then say back to me, well, I wouldn't buy this now. That's not the way Mm -hmm. I choose ASINs to test. This one didn't protect my capital. That's why I'm worried that I'm going to lose money Mm -hmm. in order to get rid rid of this because I didn't have evidence that I would protect my capital. And I didn't have a balance where one made more than I thought it was. So if I did have to give up a little in this one, overall, I made, you know, I kept protecting my capital in that shipment. Mm -hmm. But that's often what happens. And then we look to see what was the sales velocity. Well, sales velocity was, you know, slower than what I'm looking at right now. Oh, okay. Was your capital protected? Is that break-even price staying below the lowest price that it's been recently? Well, no, it wasn't. Well, you wouldn't have <laughs> bought this one this time 
So now what do I do with that, Brian? What what kind of ideas do you have? What do you think we should do with those that old inventory that's hanging out there just bugging us? We're not going to get rid of it without losing some money. Well, I think there is some value in the exit strategy conversation, mm-hmm. right? Because we're we are we're honing our skills in these yeah. early days, right? We are our, expecting to make mistakes in the early and, days, right? Right, right. We are expecting we're to make mistakes. We're going to learn from those mistakes. And, and so, you know, I'm not saying it's not worth exploring some of those exit strategies, like maybe uh, liquidating those items or, you know, reselling them for as much capital uh, recovery as you can get on eBay or Facebook Marketplace or some other platform or your friends and family or whatever, mm-hmm. right? There are a lot of things that you can do there to potentially go ahead and get rid of that inventory. That's However, true. One of the things not to do, though, is you, you're probably not going to find a whole lot of feeling better if you just wait. Well, yeah, I was going to say, what, what happens when you do that, if you're going to exercise and explore those avenues, is it takes time, mm-hmm. right? You may find yourself creating eBay listings, mm-hmm. creating Facebook marketplace listings, answering text messages. Uh, like there's nothing more annoying for me than, than to answer these Facebook, <laughs> Facebook marketplace, marketplace questions all the time. Like we had some old inventory that I put on Facebook marketplace last Q4. Yes. And I have like a hundred messages. I'm like, I can't keep <laughs> up with sale. all this for, well, I mean, yeah, for a handful of sales, but yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Right? right. And so what the danger in doing that, if you're not good at it and you're not good at it in the beginning is that it becomes a time suck. And then right. that is taken away from the time that you would normally be sourcing Mm-hmm. Right, you're now moving forward. Three step check past product uh, products, mm-hmm. right? That are more profitable. They're gonna they're gonna make you money. That, that you already have an exit strategy for because you're, you're doing the four week test. Right, right, right. So, so I'm I'm hearing you say that it may not be a good idea to spend a whole lot of time on these asins that are hanging out there. Right. If you're in, if you're still new to, if you're still in your first hundred days, yeah. If, if you still haven't gotten to ten thousand dollars a month in sales, well, right? the, the other thing that happens when it takes that amount of time to potentially liquidate those or resell those things on other platforms is they're staring you in the face yeah. every day. Your right. mistake is looking you in the eyeballs, <laughs> yeah. right? Who wants that? Nobody wants it's that. Like focusing on that big zit in the middle of your forehead. Yeah, it's like Nobody, uh, you wouldn't pretend that's not there. You want that gone, right? So, I, so. <laughs> So what I propose is burn the boats. Burn the boats. Burn the boats. What is? What do you mean by that? What I mean by that is just put those things, those old inventory items at wherever the buy box is and, you know, recover as much capital as you're going to get from that, but sell out of that stuff as fast as you can. This yeah. is going to ensure that you're not spending a whole lot of time managing the, you know, the off, off Amazon platform strategies. Right. It's going to ensure that those mistakes aren't there staring you in the face. Yeah. Right. I mean, we have to own up to it. We're owning up to it by going ahead and get rid of that stuff. Take your lumps, consider the cost of education. Yes. And move forward. Don't keep looking back. Don't keep that ball and chain on you, holding you back from what you can move forward. Get as much capital as that as you back as as you can. can. Right. And move forward with it. And it's funny, we we see a mix of clients who, when we're working with them, some that will hold on to that stuff. They don't want to burn the boats. Right. The, the boats, and, it, and it's your decision. It's your yeah. business. The boats are their safety blanket, right? The right. boats are their way back to how they got here. Yes. Whether that was a, you know, taking a flyer on something that had an artificially high buy box, whether that yeah. was something from a leads list, whether that was something on sale, whatever it was that's not your normal kind of replan, they don't want to burn that boat. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's it's their prerogative, right? Yeah. In other cases, like for us, when we we it took us a while to to figure out that it wasn't like worth the time investment in most right. cases. Just get those things gone. Mm-hmm. Right. Just get An experienced gone. person will probably just take the losses and move on. You won't pay uh, storage. Right. Oh, that's that's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. You think you think it hurts because you can't get it sold. You get hit with a long term storage fee and that's yeah. going to hurt. And you say, wow, I could have gotten rid of it and and not now I'm paying. To get it get out of it. Especially uh, in just about a month when, when October Q4 kicks mm-hmm. in and um, storage rates go up in Q4. Storage right? rates go up mm-hmm. and shelf space goes it's, down. It's smaller because everyone's sending stuff in. So, mm-hmm. you know, just I say. Mm-hmm. Now, you have to weigh this for yourself in mm-hmm. your own business. But burn the boats. You know what? There's no going back. We don't do that as our normal course of strategy is to do those types of things. We've got that system that's the three-step check, and, and you know, we're in love with it, obviously. Uh, <laughs> obviously. I mean, and, and not only does, does it, it work, always work out. No, no, there are times it doesn't. There, there are no guarantees. Sometimes mm-hmm. I do lose a little money on that, and I my clients do too. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, if you're sending five tests a week, a couple of those will make more money than you expected, and overall the shipment's going to make money, even if everything in the shipment didn't get on your replens list. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So okay. Burn the boats. Have we we kicked that horse, that dead horse enough Lit there? It on okay. fire. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's not a scene I want in my, my boss. Not back. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Burn the boats. Yeah. Okay. I like it. But there's okay. another lesson here, which is um, as we were talking about this last night, that I really think is applicable here. Uh-huh. And this is when you are taking that three-step check. In other words, someone has some new information, some new mm-hmm. knowledge, a new strategy. Mm-hmm. And that you want to give it a try. And it works. Uh-huh. And then you want to take that and apply it to those old ASINs, mm-hmm. right? That, that you're like, okay, I wouldn't buy that now. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't have bought that one either. Right. Oh, now that I know this, I wouldn't have bought that one either. And you can see clearly, more clearly, mm-hmm. things about that ASIN that you couldn't see when you first bought it, obviously. And so I would suggest that if you really want to accelerate your progress and your growth, yeah. examine every single ASIN, whether it's a winner or a loser, mm-hmm. for the lesson, Yes, right? When you look at those ASINs that didn't work out, don't just take it as a, oh, I got you know, uh, I knew got my butt kicked lose. on that yeah. one. So yeah, I'm not even going to pay attention to it. Go in there and uncover why did that not work? Is it because of a simple thing like it didn't it didn't uh, pass the three step check? Is it because of a simple thing like there wasn't enough you know velocity or the listing got taken down mm-hmm. you know for some reason in Does the future? It help you tweak a little bit of the way you look at things. Did you forget to look and see if that was a regular the right brand on it or not? Right. Little things like that can be just a little tweak that makes all the difference. Right. So if you're doing that, it's pretty easy to do on the losers. Yeah. Usually the the mistake or the lesson jumps right out at you and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I (laughs) I wouldn't, now I know I wouldn't do that again. Right. But here's the bigger challenge. Do that on your winners Mm -hmm. too. And this is something I've said before, Mm -hmm. but I love the idea of examining those winners to determine what qualities about that ASIN made it successful. Make it a winner. Oh, that's great. Right? Because then you can find out those attributes, those qualities about that ASIN that you would then be looking for in other ASINs. And this goes back to the whole pattern recognition thing. If you're looking at something that was, maybe, is it a brand? Is it a size? Is it a price point? Is it a... uh, Re, you know, an item that's 
not available nationally? What yeah. is it about that thing that made it? Yeah, you know, any of those could you? be pros or cons, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, right. But those the, those are the lessons, and when you identify what those things are, then go look for more of those. Agreed. Can I add something to that yep. that occurs to me? Because I was talking to somebody about this today. People try to learn how to read Keepa. Mm-hmm. They want to know how to read Keepa. And what what this conversation came out to be was, you know how you learn to read Keepa? <laughs> Experience, mm-hmm. right? So when you have some winners and you have some losers and you start sending in replenishments, you start sending ASINs in over time and you see what happens with that keep a chart well you have first dad knowledge of what that means that's how you learn mm-hmm. that's how more experienced sellers can look at a keep a chart and know what they're looking at because they've seen it in their own inventory and if you don't have any inventory in there you're going to have a hard time having that keep experience so the way you right? said it last night i thought was uh very impactful oh, which was this. <laughs> yeah. you said it trying to read a keep a chart it doesn't it's very meaningless or it can be meaningless unless you've actually got inventory in the, in the pipe. Yep. When you've got your own inventory and you can see, now you see what you're seeing in the offers tab, what you're seeing on the variations tab, what you're mm-hmm. seeing in the sales rank drops in the buy box and the new uh, F, third-party FBA offers. All that is much more meaningful because that's you. <laughs> right. You have actual information to say, yes, this matches that. Oh, that must not mean that. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a little more of uh, vague than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And then you realize how important it is to test and make sure that that evidence you have, you have, you you can't get the proof. You have only evidence mm-hmm. from history. Yeah, the proof comes from the test. When you see it will work for you, that's your proof. Right. So you have the time when you can see whether it's testworthy or not, which is based on evidence of the history that you have access to. Mm-hmm. And then you have your proof because you sent it in, you test it, and you said, yep, that did work for me, that didn't it? Worked and it. I can sell it for this price, no matter what the buy box says in the history. It worked just the way we drew it up. Just right? the way we drew it up. It doesn't always. No, it doesn't but, always. That's why they call it a test. Right. And, <laughs> and this, and this is, leads kind of into the next topic, which mm-hmm. is you don't need to know everything about Keepa. To get started, you don't need to know everything about how to analyze a listing to get started. You don't need. In fact, too much knowledge can make it confusing and keep you from pulling the trigger. Exactly. This is the analysis paralysis. So, this is why we tried to simplify this decision making process. Make it black and white. We saw a three step check, Mm -hmm. and then you feel comfortable. Yes, anything can happen, but you feel comfortable yeah. that you've done your homework on this and you're in a good place. You're in a good position. Exactly. You want to be exactly. in a solid position. You don't want to be hanging out over the ledge. Right. Exactly. So we tried to simplify it with the three-step check, mm-hmm. which you are all aware of how, how we had came up with that. But we wanted to have the most important things that we could learn first and then build on that. Now, is there a whole lot more information in a keep a chart? Oh, absolutely. There yeah. is bunches and bunches of information in that keep a chart. And you're going to see when, when uh, you know, new uh, advanced keep a sourcing courses come out, you're going to see some more of that that we have learned to explain and understand. There is absolutely more, but you don't need to know that in order to make the testing decision. And if you, fee- and if you wait, 
feeling like you need to know everything before you start, you're never going to get started because right. the game is changing all the time. All the time. And this reminds the me The messages are changing all the time. Something that my sixth grade teacher said to me, I remember it vividly. I don't know why. It, there's a couple things that stand out to me <laughs> in my grade school years. And this is one of them. She said, look, if we could cut the top off of your head and pour all the information in, like we'd be done today. Yeah. But that's not the way it works. And this is part of the expectation setting for a lot of uh, coaching clients that we get is it can take six to eight weeks to really start feeling comfortable with what's going on, Mm -hmm. right? You don't know, and nor should you need to know everything there is to know about selling on Amazon before you actually get started. Most of that information is not going to be meaningful to you until you are in the game. Exactly. I can tell it to you. I can write a book and give you all of the things that might be an issue on any given ASIN, mm-hmm. but not on every ASIN. And if this, then that, and there are just so many, so many things that make that pertinent or not in any, and the only way to get that information is through experience. This is why I asked you last night, that was the answer that you gave me when I said, so why, when I come to you for coaching, Brian, mm-hmm. don't you tell me all the things that I need to know right. before I start? Right. Well, the short answer is because there's too much information to tell you. If we told you everything that you needed to know, and by the way, we don't know everything. We don't know everything. You need to know. know. Um, no. But if we told well, we you everything that we know, business. you yeah. would you would just be walking around in a daze because there's so much information. And if we drop all of that on you in a couple of days, it's information overload, and mm-hmm. you will just tap out. Yeah. Trust me, we've seen it because I tried that with my friends. Hey, here's how this works. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, uh, you mean about uh, your friends that wanted to know how to do Amazon? Yeah, it's like the you way know. you do. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well, here's so here's everything I know. And, and you know, four hours later, and that's not everything I know, but four hours later, they're like, yeah, okay. I'll, I, I, I might, I might consider that fire hose. Yeah. yeah. So it's the little things that you add on to with experience that it's meaningful uh-huh. week over week over week. But so, a coach can help you. Yes. A coach can help you. Decide what those things you need to know first are, how to build on that. As things come up, they can help you understand what to get out of that, what lesson to learn out of that, what you can see now that you couldn't see before. Don't miss this. A coach can help you build that pretty quickly. But again, in an hour a week, it does take some time. Well, and there's homework involved. You can't, yeah. you have to apply what you've learned. Otherwise, it's not as meaningful. And, right. and I just want to draw this correlation to the Proven Amazon course, which is an encyclopedia yes. of a lot of things about the Amazon platform and how to be successful on the Amazon platform. Uh-huh. But it's not, as Jim has said and other people have said, not meant to be read from cover to cover before you get started. Mm-hmm. It is just-in-time information. You go pull a volume out of the bookshelf. You, when that's what you're looking for, that's what you need next. You you go through it, you put it back, and you go apply what you've learned. Yes. You don't read every single book before you actually get started. Yes. Right? So this reminds me of... You just uh, spend the rest of your life le- reading. <laughs> we, we've used the bicycle analogy before, but you don't we have- read a bike about how... Uh, sorry, read <laughs> a book read- about how to ride a bike. Right. I mean, you can. Yeah. But the best. But you still have to get on the bike. The only way you're actually going to do it is to actually get on the bike and go riding. And I can't open your head and tell you how to ride a bike. Right. You have to skin your own knee. Now, I can say, be careful. There's a bump there. You don't want to start there. You don't want to start on the hill. Mm -hmm. And I can kind of guide you. But you're going to have to scrape your own knee. 
and I can I can be ready with the band-aids and the in the case yeah. the boo-boo and right. whatever you need, <laughs> depending on, of course, how old you are, yeah. if you're my grandson or not. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I you have to scrape your own knees, you have to fall off your own bike. And this is, you know, in the case of a of a grandson, the mother, the father, the grandfather, the, the grandmother, they don't want to see the kid get a skin no. knee. No, no, but you don't want to see you that. cannot you just can't they have to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And they will heal. And and that's and this is what is involved in the coaching process as well. Sometimes we can't tell you everything because you have to experience it. Okay. And and uh, it reminds me of I know, you know, I'm a big fan of. Right. I was just going to say last night you used the analogy of Mr. Miyagi. Yes. The Mr. Miyagi. When when you're going to go learn how to do karate, <laughs> except you're the very first thing you do, you think that's paying your way for the karate lessons is learn how to wax cars. Mm hmm. And then do you feel the like, yeah, you're like, well, I'm just waxing your car, Mr. Miyagi. Thanks a lot. But there's a lesson there. Right. So this right. was the lesson that that Daniel learned is that there was a lesson in painting the fence. There was yes. a lesson in sanding the floor. There was a lesson. I feel like I have to say here yeah. that you would think the way we talk about this, that we have any idea. Now, our grandsons he, do karate, but we have no idea yeah, yeah. about karate. We just watch movies. And okay, just and, to be clear, <laughs> and not trying to uh, compare ourselves to Mr. Miyagi no, by no, any stretch. No, not at all. But the but the lessons there and the way the movie uh, was written and played out was just so classic for how we do this. Yes, right. It's like I said, you know, the other day when when you're passionate about this and you are neck deep in the Amazon space, everything is an ascent. That's right. Everything's an ASIN. No matter what we talk about, it's always an ASIN. Right. So applying those lessons. So just like ASINs. Right. Just like ASINs. It's true. Just like ASINs. So that brings me to the question. Yes. If I'm having trouble and I need to uh, look at a new way of looking at things, mm-hmm. what cures that, Brian? What makes me feel better? Test more ASINs. Test more ASINs. Test yeah. more ASINs. That's really the moral of the story, isn't it? That's the moral of the story. Test more ACEs. All right. All right. Good job. Good job. Talk to you all soon. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode, for hanging out with us. Before I let you go, I'm going to spend a few minutes with one of my good friends, Jeff Schick. He is our preferred legal advisor around here when it comes to all things Amazon legal. And we're going to do these short segments once a week or so. Jeff, what's the topic you've got for us today? All right. So a common question that I get from sellers, new and experienced, um, in fact, I had it on one of my calls today. They said, what is the chance that I'm going to be permanently suspended from Amazon? Mind you, this is a seller who has a healthy account. They're in the green. They're above 200 as their score. In fact, I think they're in the 300s. So not a small seller by any means and definitely not anywhere near the unhealthy category. And they, they're asking, are they going to be permanently suspended from Amazon? Yeah. So, and we hear this so, a lot from, from people who are considering an Am- growing an Amazon business. Amazon has this reputation and I think they've, it's probably their own fault because they call it a suspension. For example, when you're trying to get set up a new account and you haven't supplied all the information they need yet, they need another copy of your driver's license or whatever. So they suspend you until they get what they need. So everyone's like, oh, I got suspended on Amazon. Like, yeah, everybody does for a few hours (laughs) when you're trying to sign up for your account. Right. So suspensions everywhere, but but this idea of a permanent suspension, I love this question. How would you answer that? So the answer to that is it's extremely rare for somebody to be permanently suspended. In fact, you almost have to try <laughs> to, to get it that to happen. Now, that's not to yeah. say that, you know, there haven't been cases. I mean, you know, I, I've got a case right now with one of the sellers where they 
were suspended and they said that point blank to me, they said, we don't care to ever sell on Amazon again. We just want all of our money back. And, you know, we took the case and we reached out to Amazon's attorneys and we, you know, I said, once we tell them that they're, they're going to take your word for it. And, and seller says, I don't care. I just want my money back. And so we let them know. And they said, okay, you know, we were going to, you know, work with you, but if they don't care, then we'll write you a check for all of their money and release all their inventory. And so they, they did get what they wanted. Are they permanently suspended? I mean, yes. Probably because that's what they requested. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I tell people all the time, Jeff, you know, we've, we've been teaching Amazon seller strategies for 12 plus years at this point, thousands and thousands of students. And I can still count on one hand, the number of people that I know that well, I, I put it this way. I'm scratching my head like, hmm, they got suspended. I'm not sure exactly why. And in a few of those cases, I found out later, well, they they just kind of gave up, kind of like the client you just mentioned. But in the vast majority of cases, you know, I, I'm fond of saying 95% of the time, maybe you have a different number in your mind. It's a non-issue fairly quickly. It could take some days or weeks sometimes, right? So maybe speak to that. Like if we take that worst case scenario off the table, what are some of those other inconvenient circumstances that people might find themselves in if they get on the wrong side of Amazon's policy. It's so, I mean, it, it, it certainly can be inconvenient and I don't want to downplay it at all because when you go through a suspension, it's, it's downright devastating. I still remember when I was in law school and I got suspended on Amazon and it was a two, it was two weeks of torture because I, you know, you're sitting there, they're holding, you know, at the time for me, they were holding $195,000 of money. And I had a hundred and seventy-five thousand dollar American Express bill due, so it was it was the most stressful, no joke. you know, two weeks of my life. Well, we were fortunate that I was able to get reinstated very quickly, and you know, I hadn't we hadn't done anything wrong, so it was a mistake on Amazon's part, and got a nice little apology email, and they actually did wire the funds to us the next day. So instead of making us wait for a normal payout and send it by EFT, they actually did send the money by wire transfer. And they can be very human for a huge company that's doing billions they of dollars a month, right? <laughs> right. So, but, you know, obviously that's an extreme example. So what is it, you know, what does a typical suspension look like? It's usually not that long. It's usually, you know, you know, if we're lucky, I've had suspensions that we've reinstated accounts in 20 minutes. That's probably by no means the average, but that's, mm-hmm. you know, the record so far is that's happened twice now. That they've been reinstated in 20 minutes. I'd say usually you're looking at a couple hours to a couple days, just depending on what the severity of the issue is and how many moving parts there are. But at the end of the day, Amazon doesn't want people to be suspended because a suspended account doesn't generate money for Amazon. In fact, it costs them money because now they've got to deal with your inventory. And yes, they're going to debit your funds, but that's that's not like when they keep your money, it's being held in trust. It's in an escrow account. It's not money that they're earning interest on. It's not being used for operating. They're not investing in a robot. Like that money is being set aside as a liability on their balance sheet. And it's certainly by no means an asset. And so they don't want people's money. They're doing that because the potential, you know, risk mitigation that they have to incur. So at the end of the day, you know, we've seen Amazon this past year be extremely human. I think, you know, as of now, almost every account suspension we've worked on has been reinstated. There's only... Yeah, that's an interesting statistic. You know, you've worked on a good number of accounts. I don't know if you're at liberty to share how many, but what is your ratio? What's your success rate? It'd be north of, it'd be probably north of 98%. But, you know, again, that 98%, it's sometimes, you know, it may take 
a couple months to get there on certain sure. accounts that have major, major problems. Right. So, but that's the exception, not the norm. So. I love it. Well, and from my vantage point, again, just so folks know that are listening or watching this today, you're the most experienced guy with the most integrity and validation from my vantage point at doing what you do. So we're thrilled to have you in this community. And I think this short little episode, now there's always more that we can share. Maybe we'll do it in another segment soon uh, about some of the specific behaviors and things that people need to watch out for. But just knowing that unless you're one of the really, really bad guys that's really trying, like you're trying to sell Nike shoes up with knockoffs you brought in from China and, and you know, you're just really going in deep, right. violating serious policies on purpose. As long as you're not one of those guys, you, you're just kind of innocently making some mistakes. The vast majority of the time, you're going to be okay. Correct. That's and, good to know. And it's, and most of it's recoverable. And it's, I mean, you know, for the, especially for the innocent people, I don't think we've ever had a case where someone was innocent and they didn't get back on. Yeah. The cases that are, you know, the cases where people didn't get back on, you know, there was, there's, yeah, obviously they knew they were taking the, they were rolling the dice uh, and they knew it. Yes. And so that's, you know, it, it happens. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I really trying to avoid fear. And then I don't know if I've shared this with you, but I just passed my four year anniversary of when I became a licensed attorney. And literally the first day I became an attorney was when I worked on my first Amazon case in the attorney client role. And so I've been doing, I've been handling Amazon suspensions now for four years and congratulations. I, I love it. Yeah. There's yeah. only one other attorney in the space, uh, up in, you know, CJ that has, has done as many, you know, suspensions as I have. So well, it's fun. Well, well done, man. We're thrilled to work with you and, and you've been at our events and many people in our community begin to rely on you. You have a great monthly retainer program. Why don't you explain that for a moment and folks can go check that out on your website. Yeah. So after I got suspended back when I was you know, in law school, immediately I started calling people and it was like thousands of dollars here, thousands of dollars there. You know, one guy who wasn't a lawyer quoted me $15,000 to get my account back. And when I asked him what was his chance of success, he said he couldn't guarantee any sort of results. So of course I, you know, being the stubborn law student I was, I figured out how to do it myself. But so that really sparked this desire to come up with, you know, a low quality or low cost. Probably need low cost, <laughs> high quality is probably what you meant there. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right, man. Hey, this is just two very out? real dudes hanging out, man. That's all good. <laughs> we edit that part out. <laughs> yeah. Hey, maybe. I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> oh, tired. Hey, how about that low quality, high cost lawyer you've been talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's bad. All right, so getting back to it. So, so when I was when I was suspended, I really you know came up with this idea that we needed to have high quality, affordable uh, attorneys in the space because it just it didn't exist, and so. Um, that's really where I came up with this idea behind it. So it's $89 a month. You can talk to me. You can talk to my paralegals anytime you schedule calls with us. We're happy to walk you through issues you know, on a proactive basis. So that way you don't get in trouble. And then also we're there to help you on the reactive side if you do. You don't pay anything extra. So anything that happens on Amazon or Walmart, uh, you're covered. And we take care of it for you from you know A to Z so that you don't have to worry about it. And that's phenomenal because I know in this industry, there's a good number of players and they'll they'll charge you thousands of dollars to handle some of the circumstances that you cover. So I really want to encourage folks to go to, we'll stick it in the show notes as well, but go to Jeff Schick's website, jeffschick.com. There's a link in the show notes and 
check out this offer. We don't get, we're not getting paid a percentage of this to promote it. I'm promoting it because it's awesome. We use it. A lot of people on our team are using it. Once your account hits a certain size, it makes a lot of sense. It's kind of like buying insurance. You know, it's like, hey, I, I can just, I can sleep better at night knowing that I've got a true pro on call if needed, if anything does happen. But I think you're going to put Absolutely. a lot of people at ease uh, with today's discussion, man. That was a great topic. Thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We'll do it again real soon. Talk to you then. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit SilentJim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.